Amen. Let us turn our attention to the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6. The gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, starting at verse 19. Verse 19, we find these words. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this afternoon, I just want to speak with you from the thought, where is your treasure stored? Where is your treasures stored? Amen. This is another lesson in a series of lessons on the mind, the making, and the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have entered into the first sermon of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it is an expansive sermon. It is a sermon textbook style like nobody else but Jesus could do. And we affectionately call this sermon the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is found in chapters 5, chapter 6, and chapters 7. Actually ending at verse 29 of chapter 7. But the Sermon on the Mount is also known as Jesus' manifesto. It's known as Jesus' manifesto because Jesus is being portrayed by Matthew as king. You do know he is the king of a kingdom not of this world and not of this realm. But we know that every king will have to bow a knee to this king because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And so the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' kingly manifesto, describes to us and and shows us his requirements, his, his perspective and how he wants children of God to lead their lives in order to look like kingdom citizens. Amen, amen. We have challenges in this land because this is not our home. We spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 60, 70, 80, 90, even into the hundreds. We stay into our lives here in this earth and it can easily happen to the Christian that they have more roots in this earth and in this world than they do in the one that's truly their home. So we're constantly um, confronted with the very fact that the world is trying to conform us to itself. 
This culture is constantly trying to tell us that what Jesus said is not right and what they say is the truth. Constantly trying to bend us and to reshape us and to remake us, to brainwash us into believing that the things that the media put out and that this culture puts out that is anti-God is on the right side. Amen. They don't just come out all the time and be vehemently against God, but they have subtleties. Amen. They have subtleties like questions they ask like, well, if I'm doing this, how is it hurting anybody? And if it doesn't hurt anybody, how is it that it'll be something that the Lord will be displeased? I mean, everybody deserves love, don't they? Amen. There are subtleties to how the world tries to conform us into itself. Satan himself in the Garden of Eden as he was a serpent, he didn't just come out and just say, hey, I'm the devil, I'm trying to kill you, Eve. No, he had a conversation, didn't he? He had a nice conversation and he tried to get her to believe, amen, that if she ate of the fruit, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she wouldn't die. That's not what God really said. Amen. So we see the handiwork of that old wicked one, that accuser, that evil one, that one we call Satan in our current culture. Because they come right along and says, well, God didn't really say that, did he? I mean, after all, when we look at it, I mean, let's dress it up and make it look good. Amen. I mean, after all, I mean, we're all citizens of this country and that everybody deserves their freedoms. Amen. Amen. So we, we, we need to reshape God into the image of man. I mean, not man being in the image of God. Amen. And so the manifesto comes in and it cuts through the noise. It cuts through the confusion that allows us to get confused about what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. We are pilgrims in a barren land. This world is not our home. Man born of a woman's life is what? Short and full of of trouble. So this text allows us to realize that we shouldn't put our roots too deeply into this land because we're going to be leaving here after a while. And so the master opens up this text by saying, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. We have been talking about in sermons past how the leader's mindset was focused on men instead of being focused on God. And so this text opens up with saying, don't get your focus on earth, but get your focus in heaven. There is a saying that you hear from time to time that says, some Christians have become too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Well, I contend to you today that That heavenly mindedness is a counterfeit because true heavenly mindedness causes you to have a sharp and precise focus on this world because heavenly mindedness came down through 42 generations. Heavenly mindedness walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem. 
Heavenly mindedness raised the dead and healed the sick and gave sight to the blind. And those who could not hear, he gave hearing. Those who could not talk, he gave speech. That's heavenly mindedness. So the reality is that we must be heavenly minded to really be in focus to be what we ought to be in this world. Because Jesus had an acute and he had a precise mindset and focus on this world. If he did not, he would not have come and died on the old rugged cross for you and for me. But he had us in mind every day of his life. The Bible says that he, for the joy that was set before him, despised the shame and endured the cross. The joy of having men, women, boys and girls snatched out of the fire and brought into the heavenly realm, brought out of darkness into the light. Remember what Jesus said to Pilate when Pilate asked him, are you a king? Because Pilate was wrestling with this whole situation of Jesus of Nazareth because he could see that his own people wanted to crucify him. But when Pilate laid out the facts, he could find no fault in him. So he asked Jesus this poignant question. He says, are you a king? Jesus answered and says, yes, I'm a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. If it had been, then my servants would not allow me to be delivered. But my kingdom is not of this realm. Saints of God, we must always keep in mind that our citizenship is not in this world. This is no place for us to try to, to, to get a permanency. This place is so different than how we are being raised up by Jesus. Amen. That we ought not try to put our roots down in this place because it gets us off track. When we get to our home, it's not going to be like this. It's going to be 180 degrees opposite of this world. So Jesus, knowing how our treasures have such an effect on our mind. He gives us the imperative saying, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. First of all, Jesus is telling us where not to do it. He's talking about this world, not laying up your treasures as if you're going to be here forever. Not working and doing things so much, amen, that we put aside and relegate to last place the things of God so that we can gather for ourselves goods for our future here on earth. Because the reality of the whole matter is our future on earth is bleak. Amen. Because the Bible says it's appointed on the man once to die and then the judgment. So either we're going to get out of here by death or Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. But either way, amen, the future here on earth is short and it has an end 
So when we began to do the things that we put our energy in in this world, we must be careful not to put God's business in last place in order to do the things of this world. And see, it can get confusing, it can get distorting because there are some things of this world that we put our energy, our time, our talents, and our treasure into, amen, that are good things. But unfortunately, they're all temporary. It's good to do the things that we do for ourselves and our education and, and, and our promotions towards our jobs and all the education we put in our children and their events and all of these things. These are good things. But don't forget that they're temporary. Amen. One of these days, a lot of this stuff is going to be burned up in the fire. Amen. But it's only what you do for Christ that will last. We hear this term and it, it, it sounds really good, but do we really internalize it in order to really start to look at our schedules and look at the things on our plate and say, where does Jesus fit in here? Where does the things that Jesus promotes in the manifesto, where's the things that the whole 66 of the books of the Bible promote? How are they being acted on? How are my activities aligning with that? Have I put too much emphasis on this life and forgot all about tomorrow? That is the challenge of being in a culture like ours. There is a big word for this and it's called secularization. Secularization. It's the idea that all the things I do and what I need to be focused on is what counts for now. But the reality is, is what we do now counts forever. What we make our decisions to put our time, talents, and our treasures into today will have a great effect on what tomorrow looks like. So when we sit down and we look at our schedules and we start to look and see what's on our schedules, where does Christ fit in? Where does his work fit in on our schedules? Do we have him on our schedules at all? I mean, we do a lot of great things. I talk with Deacon Johnson about some of the things that he's doing, amen, and they're good. A lot of them are very good, and it's going to help some folks right now. There's some things that I do that aren't on Jesus' schedule necessarily that are some good things that will do some things right now. But what am I doing, amen, that will count for eternity? So we look and we say, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. It's interesting that Jesus used the word moss. Moss being a living being that has the ability to chew on and gnaw on and feed on fabrics. Amen. Amen. Those, those beautiful Armani suits. Amen. Versace suits can be hanging in the closet and moss can have a good field day on those things. If you're not careful and you're not watching and you're not diligent, before you know it, there's a hole in your material. 
But that's how this life is set up. There's things eating away at the things of this life all the time. Even at our mortal bodies, amen, the, that, that old father time, amen, is eating away at us. Every year we come along, we find that we're getting a little slower. We're getting more aches and pains and the, the, the eye gates are getting dimmer. The, 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 the teeth aren't chewing like they used to. We're going down, amen. Because we're winding down, amen. We're not winding up. So when we put all of our values into those kinds of things, amen, but age and time eat away from them, amen. Some folks say, I want to live forever, so I'm going to exercise every day. Well, I'm here to tell you, no matter how much exercise you do, no matter how much good food you eat, no matter how well you go to the doctor and take care of yourself, you're still going to die. Because there is a process of death that every human has to go through. No matter how well they take care of themselves, death is on the way. And I have never, ever seen a rider truck or a U-Haul or a Penske truck taking stuff to the grave. Amen. Because when you go to the grave, you won't need it. Into this world we came naked. And naked we will leave. Amen. So, so it's good to have a beautiful house and a nice car. It's good to have those things as long as you put them in perspective. As long as you know that you don't want to let those things get in the place where Jesus is supposed to be. Amen. Do not lay up your treasures for yourselves on earth where moths and rust destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. Moth and rust being played together with this constant decline, this constant corroding, this constant going down of everything in this life. No matter how well built our houses are, they still will shift and crack and the material will begin to disintegrate because that's the motion that this earth is in. Amen. That, that things will rust out. Amen. No matter what grade of steel and of iron it is, things will rust. Amen. In time. Because this world is winding down. But the text says, also with these break in and steal. No matter how well we prepare things and how we do it, I don't know how it happens, but somebody sneaks in in the middle of the night. And steal some things from us that we didn't think could be stolen. Sometimes we're looking at our careers and we, we're seeing we're on upward mobility. And sometimes we see that there's no end to our growth. And all of a sudden we get a pink slip. Somebody just stole that career. Somebody just took us right out of the place where we thought we were going to be. Sometimes we look at our relationship sometimes and we believe that we'll never ever be separated from our husband or wife. We never ever will end up in divorce. And one day out of nowhere the spouse comes to you and say I don't love you no more. Sometimes thieves come in and steal. Because you do know Satan was a thief from the beginning don't you? He stole the lies from Adam and Eve by lying to them in deception. And he's still on his job. 
Amen. Sometimes we believe, amen, that something we're doing will always last. Amen. And there was a time in my, in my work career where everybody was saying in the IT field, the applications are unlimited. This, this, this train of making good money will never end. Well, I found that end in 1999 to uh, 2000. Amen. When we had the dot-com bust. It it, it was a boom, but it was short-lived. And then it busted. And I busted with it. Amen. Amen. I I was looking around and I had come from making really good money as a database consultant. Oh, I was flying from place to place. I mean, amen. Things were looking real, real good. And all of a sudden, the rug was snatched out from under my feet. I, I looked around and I said, where are the jobs? I can't. I can't seem to even buy a job. I got to the point to where all of my applications would go in and they would say overqualified or it would say you don't have quite the right experience. And then I started to say, well, with all those skills I got, I ought to be able to go to Best Buy and work as a sales clerk. Go to that place and apply and get rejected. Say, why are you coming here to work with all this experience you have? No, I don't think this is the place for you, where thieves will come in and steal. Amen. I would have never thought that that would have happened along with what everybody was seeing, and I was looking at my own skills. I forgot and realized that I'm not the captain of my own ship. Amen. I, I don't guide my own rudders. Amen. It is the Lord. So the Lord had to bring me down to a place where I could hear from God. He knocked me down to nothing for 18 months, amen. And I looked at my wife and I was trying to get ideas and she was getting tight and I was distraught. I was spinning around in the middle of the floor and starting to dream about my future of living in a cardboard box. I had met the sheriff with them two big guns on each side, amen. And he come with these big stacks of paperwork and my end seemed to intimate or imminent outside, outside in the elements, amen, because I was trying to put my treasures here on earth, amen. But God showed me that I don't need to put my roots down here. I don't need to believe the hype. I need to make sure that the work that I do is appropriated to heaven and not on earth because things go away around here. Thieves come in still. Moth and rust does destroy. Amen. And we will surely die. Don't lay up your treasures here on earth, but the text goes on to say, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Once again, Sister Bond, I, I realized that The kingdom of God is 180 degrees opposite of this world. This world is going down, but the kingdom of God is going what? Up. We see in the text there won't be no thieves in heaven. Amen. There won't be any moth eating up stuff and rust destroying it. Whatever you have done for Christ, that will last. There, There is no element to destroy it. So we must reset our minds and reset our schedules to make sure that we get Jesus Christ back up 
to the front of our schedule. Amen. Because that's all that's going to count, y'all. When it's said and done, that we want to make sure the work that we do down here counts forever in heaven. That we build treasures there. That we do the work that we have here for the mission that God has sent us on right here. And we spend our lives doing more of that than we do of other things. The best we can, amen? But not relegate Jesus Christ and his mission to what we can do when we have time. Amen. The Bible says... When you've done the least of these, you have done it to me. He says the last will be first and the first will be last. Those who put this world first and Jesus last will be last in heaven. Amen. Amen. We don't want to end up going to heaven and then we look around and, and folks are going to their piles of treasures and all the things that have been built because of the work they did for the master. And we get there and start looking around. And we go from one room to another and one place to another and say, well, that must be mine. And whoever's our guy says, no, that's not you. And we go to another place looking and say, well, that must be mine. And say, no, that's not yours. And finally, we find out that we spent our whole life chasing after other stuff of this world and didn't build no treasures in heaven. Standing there, no golden crowns and no, no, no nice clothing, no treasures, no nice houses, no, none of the things that God wants to give to us beyond what we can even imagine, amen. We didn't have it because we didn't spend any of our time on the things of God while we had time. I want you to know today that it is right now that counts forever. It's right now what you do that will count for you where you are in glory. Remember the words of Jesus Christ, Deacon Johnson, when he says that you've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Jesus is looking for us to be faithful over a few things here on earth. He's looking for us to be diligent about the work that we have down here for right now. Because it's right now when he's writing in our pads, amen. He's writing in his pad about what we are doing. And he's going to assess that and then reward us accordingly when we get to glory. Amen, saints of God, because we see in the text as I come to a close, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is a serious piece of information for the believer. That is, wherever you put your energies, wherever you put your devotion. Your heart will go with it. Not that your heart was already there and then the treasures come along with it. But because you put your devotion and your focus on things on earth, amen, your heart became earthly as well. And so your heart in this text deals with your mind, your thinking, your cognitive ability, the things that you dwell on. If you're not careful, when you put too much emphasis on things on this earth, amen, your mind gets focused on this earth. And because your mind is focused on this earth, it's never focused on the things of God. And day by day passes, night by night, new moon by new moon, Sunday after Sunday. And before you know it, you're at the end of your life. You get to the point where you're getting ready to take your last breath. And you look back over your life and you've done a whole lot of stuff. 
but nothing that counted for the kingdom of God. So this day, saints of God, I encourage us to take a look at our schedules. Take a look at our life. Take a look at the way we think about what matters most to us today. And make sure that for sure that the things that we have on our schedule, we got Jesus on there. We got his things on there because we don't want to miss it. After this short life is over and we get to the place that we're going to spend eternity and we can't find nothing. Amen, saints of God. So today that's where I want to leave us in mindset, amen, is to remember that this is our shot. We got one shot to get it right, amen, and that's in this life. Amen, we got one shot to do what the master has called us to do. Amen, we got one shot to do his business while the blood is running warm in our veins. Let us not miss it. Amen. Let us be diligent in it so that in that great getting up morning, that when the master sees us, he'll say, enter into the joy of the Lord. He'll say to us, you have been faithful over a few things. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. Because we have the example of one who was faithful over a few things. Amen. He was obedient his entire life. We got one who came down through 40 and two generations. And he walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem. And his name is Jesus. The Bible says that he had a one-track mind. Amen. And his one-track mind was on the soul of mankind. His primary ministry was teaching the word of God. But we know from our biblical text that Jesus Christ had a vocation also as a carpenter. Amen. He was the son of a carpenter and no doubt he did carpentry work with his stepdad. Amen. Amen. And he learned to do it well but there came one day Amen. Where he said, I must be about my father's business. There ought to be one day, saints of God, when we say to ourselves, we've been doing a whole lot of stuff for ourselves, but now we must be about the father's business. Because our time is running short and we got to run the race with endurance. Amen. Jesus Christ, three and a half years. Amen. He ran really, really hard. Amen. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. He, he gave sight to the blind and he, he gave those who couldn't talk the ability to speak and those who couldn't hear hearing. He was about the father's business. He took two little fish and five loaves of bread and 5,000 hungry souls he fed. He was about the father's business. And we got to be about the fitness, business of the Father while blood running warm in our veins. But the story went on that this Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, amen, that he had a passion that had to be uh, completed, amen. He had a passion that it started in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, amen, where he was praying and that there were drops of sweat like beads of blood, amen. And in that place, he said, if there's any other way, 
Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. There's going to be some times in our lives, saints of God, when we're going to feel like that we need that cup to pass from us. Amen. But we must look at the Lord and count on his name and say, nevertheless, Lord, Thy will be done. Not mine, but thy will be done. It's looking arduous, but I'm going to keep on running anyhow. So Jesus kept on running. Amen. He kept on running. He allowed the Roman soldiers to take him. Amen. They took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They whipped him all night long. Amen. For you and for me. And the Bible says they marched him down the streets of Jerusalem. They call that street out to Golgotha's hill called the Via Della Rosa. They call it the way of suffering. And truly our master suffered for us. But he was heavenly minded. Amen. He was heavenly minded and his treasures were being stored in heaven. Hallelujah. And that he went outside of the walls of Jerusalem. They took him out there and they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. But his mind was on his heavenly treasures. The Bible says he was on the cross from the third to the ninth hour, but his mind was on the heavenly treasures. There was a thief there, saints of God, who said to him, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. His mind was on heavenly things because he said to that thief, this day, today you shall be with me in paradise. His mind was on heavenly things. But at that ninth hour, he died. The Bible says he was buried and that on that third day morning he rose with all power in his hand. He rose with all power in his hand and he showed himself to his disciples and he was still heavenly minded. The Bible says in Luke 24 that there was two disciples. One of them name was Cleophas and the other one was unnamed that they were sad and they were on their way to Emmaus. And Jesus came along cloaked so they didn't know who he was. And he began to talk with them. And he began to tell them how from Moses and the prophets that they spoke of him. He was heavenly minded. He came back and he showed himself to his disciples and let them know that he had risen and risen indeed. He commissioned them to go. He said, as I was sent, so I send you. He said, go ye therefore into all the nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and observing them, causing them to observe all the commandments that I've given you. That's our commandment there. That's our commission. Amen. To get about the Father's business. Because one of these days we're going to have to have a reckoning with the Lord. And we want to make sure that we've been faithful in a few things so that God can make us ruler over many. God bless you and God keep you today. Amen is my prayer. Amen. And at this time, the doors of the church are open. There may be one here today that hears the word of God, but knows that their business is not fixed with him. Know that they have not trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Have not asked him to come into their hearts and believe this message of his death for you and for me. To know that there is a penalty for sin. And it must be reckoned with. And you cannot pay it on your own. That you need the Savior to take care of that 
in your place. And Jesus has paid it all. It won't cost you nothing because he's already done it in your place. But he's not still dead. He lives. He got up that third day morning. And he's calling out to every man, woman, boy, and girl today that he wants to live in you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and tell you that you are his own. But you, if you don't know him right now, you ought to come today. You ought to come and give your life to Christ because tomorrow is not promised. You must come to the Lord today. Don't wait another minute, another second, another hour, but come to the Lord today. Sister Marburger. Amen. Well, then none came, but there is still plenty of good room. Amen. 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 Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, we are, should be ready for our benediction. And remember that we, those who are interested in being part of the Vacation Bible School, amen, we're going to have a short meeting um, over here, Sister Terry, over here on this, on this side. Amen. Amen. Let us stand. Amen. Where?
eternal God, our Father, Lord, we bless your name for another day's journey. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you help us to keep our minds stayed on thee. Lord, that we don't put too deep a root here on earth and that we remember to store our treasures in heaven and not in this place. Lord, help us as saints of God to remember our citizenship is not in this world, but in the kingdom to come. Lord, help every boy, every girl, every man, every woman, Lord, that is in and is called according to your name to be about your business because the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Lord, you're on your way back, Master, and we want to be faithful servants that you find when you return. Lord, as we go from our place to our prospective homes, Lord, I ask that you keep us in your perfect peace. Lord, as we prepare to give in our offering, in our tithes, O oh God, Lord, let these tithes be used for kingdom building, O oh God. Let it be used to, to, to fill your house, O oh God, as you would have it to be. And Lord, bless us in our meetings on Vacation Bible School after this service, O oh God, that we will be in your will and according to your guidance. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers. Amen. Amen.